Hello and welcome back to the What the Folk Sunderland Review Show. Uh, we got beat for the second time in a week and we're going to chat about it. Certainly be blunt, but here we are. I don't need to tell you what the result was. Uh, to join me are two familiar faces. First and foremost, Brad Sharp. Brad, uh, we'll go deeper into it, but how are you within yourself? Are you doing well? Within myself, mate? Very well, thank you. Um, how are you? Um. Well, I've had my first alcoholic drink since about January, so I, I'm there, and it's something related. So there you go, um, Dave. You look, you look like a thumb. No one can tell that because they're not watching this, and there's a reason we do audio. How are you doing? Are you okay? Yes, mate. To be fair, I've had a few drinks after uh, my team won this afternoon, six one. And I didn't have to go back to work for the first time this season. So, yeah, a little bit tipsy, just stopping the room from spinning round. And can't wait to pick the bones out of this one, Mara. You mean your team outside of Sunderland, of course, for those wondering? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 6-1 six, six, victory. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Oh, well, pointless. Don't even know why we bother with it. Um, Brad, I'll, I'll come to you first. Obviously, Birmingham 2, Sunderland 1. Um, the feeling it, it's weird. It, I think this kind of shows what football can be about, but there there is more context to it. But obviously, coming off the back of last week's win, we felt very positive because the performance was really good, and it came on the back of a plucky draw at Middlesbrough where we were really good in spells, and a performance against Stoke where we were really good. And we said after Stoke, you know, that needs to continue for us to be totally swung over to the um the new regime. And we had two performances that were more than adequate in some ways to produce that. And then this week, it, it's not. So naturally, the feeling from last week that was positive is not this week because, you know, we haven't done the discussion about the Huddersfield game because we don't really do midweeks because we're busy. But those last two performances have really not been good enough. Um, we're going to dig into the game a bit more. So I'll ask the question a bit differently rather than how you feel about the result. But... How are you feeling about Sunderland at the moment? Like, what what are the emotions currently? Getting to that stage, I think. When was it I said it? I think it was around the time we sacked Johnson. Ish, starting to lose a bit of interest. Um, I feel a big disconnect with the club, which is a bit weird because the start of this week before Huddersfield, before uh, today's game, obviously that like you've touched on, we had a half-decent run of form, really. And that coincided with the release of Sun Until I Die and they sort of realised why you felt like you, you love the club again. And I don't know, I just feel it's very similar feelings to that of around the time of Johnson Sacking and the start of Alex Neal, where it's like, eh, where where. What's the actual plan here? Where are we going? Like, 
they, they sort of like sacked Johnson, which was deserved, really. But we were sat third. And then it didn't start off well with Alex Neal. And we were sort of were dropping a bit and didn't look like it was getting any better. And I think it's it's very, very similar feelings to that now. Like we got rid of Mowbray. Some people didn't want him to be there, or be, and but I'm on the bandwagon where it's, I didn't want him to be sacked. And nothing's improved, and I, I, I just don't feel like there's that connect between the fans and the, the those in charge of the club at the moment. Obviously, there's the Black Cat Bar stuff, which is still hanging over, the, hanging over everyone. Hundred percent. Um. But then that just transpires to performances on the pitch. And when it's with a manager, which is... Look, 95% of the fans didn't want him. I think 5% were maybe willing to just give him a chance. And we were very much in there, didn't really want him. I was more leaning towards the last couple of weeks. Maybe something might be going here. But it seems like a lot of the... It just doesn't feel right. Something's just not right at the moment. No. Um, and look, it's not just bailing that. It, I think play, the players at the moment have to take a lot of responsibility for it as well. And they don't get off scot-free. They, they can it because some of the performances from some of the players recently have been absolutely diabolical. But again, I mean, one of them that you could touch on, maybe, and we'll go deeper into it, was maybe Job. He's a young boy. It's not his fault. He's been, he's, he's had thirty odd games in his first full season. Obviously, Birmingham last year, but a lot of it was a substitute. Mm-hmm. He looked burnt out, and I think Bale got absolutely bang on against Plymouth, and it proved it because he came on with thirty to go, got a goal, looked off it, but then to flog him, at, like what's a sixty minute break, and then flog him for two nineties in in a week. It Thanks. just makes no logical sense when you can see he's having a dip in form, and there's a, there's lots of them doing that as well. There's just something not right. And so the, the long way around, Graham, is I feel very similar to that of two seasons ago. And I don't know how I feel, really. Yeah, I remember when um, Alex Neal got appointed and we drew uh, one one away to Wimbledon, I think it was, and now I was in holiday in, in Budapest. And like I'm the kind of person who loves check the score and try and watch the game, even if I'm on holiday. And I remember not even doing that, really. Um, and just being like, oh, well, okay. Like I, I, there was a disconnect, and it's kind of weird because that disconnect came after like years of being stuck in League One, which is rubbish. And this disconnect is coming on the back of what's been a really positive eighteen months with a bunch of players that I I tend to really like. But and and I hate to bring um this into it because it is, but it is part of it. Like the part of the world that I live in is Glasgow. There's two incredibly passionate football clubs up here. One of them, Michael Beale managed, and like there were some players, like Cyril Dessas being one of them, that got absolutely lynched up here, and um, because of how bad he was under Michael Beale, he potentially being classed as one of the worst strikers that's ever played for Rangers. He's now banging them in right, left, and centre, and um, and he's their number one striker with this new manager that's came in, and they could by the time people listen to this, you know, Rangers could now be top when Beale left. I think there were eight or nine points behind us, something like that. So. Um, whilst I agree with what you mean with the players on the pitch, I think there always has to be responsibility between loads of stuff, and it's not just Beal, like it really isn't. And the players are the ones on the pitch that can um win games, I suppose. Ultimately, sometimes you know, some people think once you cross that white line, tactics and stuff go out the window. 
I do feel like I've seen this story with um, the manager before where players are not playing very well and suddenly another manager comes in and they do quite well. But I mean, we're probably going a bit too deep into it. I'll just ask the same question to you, Dave. We've got so much to get through today, to be honest. I want to try and keep it as best I can in the the 40-minute mark because, to be quite honest with you, um, I love Sunderland, but like I'm a bit cheesed off at the minute. But how how's your feelings, Dave? You know, not just the game today, just like we talk about disconnect, but what what's kind of your... As I say, Sunderland AFC, do you watch your immediate thoughts? Yeah, I think we've I think we've said it before previously, and annoying really because the last eighteen months we've we've talked about restoring pride and and just enjoying things again, really. Even though we didn't think we'd run away and win a league or or challenge for a cup or anything like that, every performance we've had a positive to take out of it. And I think now I'm just apathetic. I think it's just the word for it, isn't it? We're all very meh. There's a little bit of kind of silence from the... There doesn't seem to be as much coverage coming out of the club, positive murmurs from players or or kind of, you know... I've, I've just sat and listened to both post-match press conferences and I just loved listening to Tony Mowbray. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm... And I used to not really bother with Mowbray because I thought he waffled a bit. Um, lovely waffling. But you said we don't hear from players. Have you not been watching Loose Women? Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Apathy at its absolute finest, isn't it? I mean... And he had, a, he had a little cameo appearance on Love Island. He did. So this season, he's had now more appearances on ITV this week than in Sunland shirt. I'm sure somebody told us five years ago that the piss party was going to stop, didn't they? Sure, that was somebody's words. Hey, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I, I just, it, it's just horrible. It's horrible feeling like this. It's horrible just struggling to get excited about it. I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know what to say. Like, Bale came out and said the first half was was good. It was I'll, acceptable. I, I was just about to say it was better than the second half. I'll, I'll give him his due there. However, can you please stop trying to pull the wool over my eyes by telling me that the way that we scored the goal was from a very good press? It was a bad pass. I've seen it. I've seen it. It was a bad pass. It was lazy from the right back because... He waited for the ball to get to him. And luckily, Jack Clark was in a forward momentum to pinch the ball off. Now, it's a very good finish. We all know how good he is. Good anticipation. There's... And it is a good finish. And I don't want to take anything away from Clarky, but like, it wasn't just because we were like so hungrily pressing. Like, like no. was... Clark's gone to do it on his own. When you go and press a team, you do it in threes, fours, fives. There was nobody from the midfield backing up Jack Clark. So don't stand there after the game and tell me that the goal was a great goal. It's a great finish. There's no arguing that. But if from a defensive point of view, you are absolutely stopping. You're fuming. And yeah, I'd, I am annoyed at myself. Annoyed at myself because last week I, I started letting doubt into my mind that I was harsh on Michael Bale. And I should have stuck to my guns 110%. And I'm, I I allowed myself to get the 96% that, oh, maybe there's, maybe there's just a chance, just a 4% chance 
that he can pull this round. He can't. Please just get rid. Start again. I, I just want to point out as well, I know there'll be a lot of people listening to this going, oh, God, they're negative. And we've had, a, you know what, we've had a couple of comments and I don't really give a shit what people say to me, to be honest, online. It doesn't bother me. Like, if this thing ends tomorrow, I couldn't care less. Like, I'm still going to spot something. I'm still going to have a season ticket. I'm still going to watch it and talk about it with the lads. It's just not going to be recorded. Like, so please don't mistake any part of this podcast for me wanting to care about clicks or numbers or anything like that. When I say don't bother subscribing, I genuinely mean it. But when people come at you and like someone last week said, oh, I'll get it up you because we'd won. And I was like, eh. And it, it's the first time the comments really pissed me off because I want nothing more than this football club to do well. So if you like 10 minutes into this podcast and thinking, Jesus, it'd be negative. This is just the way we feel. We don't want to feel like this. We don't want to be sad. And you can listen back to the 300 odd plus episodes prior with numerous different people on the show as guests me posting on it, whatever you want. And we'll try our very best to be positive, um, balanced at the same time if we can be. Um, but we don't want to be unhappy and we don't want to be like calling people out right, left and centre. None of these opinions have come because we just have a hidden agenda against people. Like we want Beale to fail. I absolutely do not want Michael Beale to fail. A hundred percent. I don't want anyone that represents something to fail, but at the minute they're failing. And there's calling a spade a spade and there's been negative and there's been positives for the sake of it. I can absolutely categorically guarantee you from my perspective, there's absolutely no way that my negativity is just born out of nowhere in the same way that my positivity isn't born out of nowhere. So you might have noticed the comment got to me a little bit last week and well done, you've kind of won with that one. But I'm pissed off because I care about Sunderland, not because I want to see them get beat to prove myself right because at the end of the day, I couldn't give a shite about being right or wrong. I care about Sunderland AFC. And if you think anything less than that, then you're wrong. Um, and I've gone far too much of a run, but here we are. Um, let's get into the game, right? Let's get into the game. Uh, Brad, like, no matter how we dress it up, we were okay first half. We were awful second half. We can't put in two 45-minute performances to create a 90-minute good performance, a decent performance. But take everything away from the game that happened within it on the pitch. That Trey Hume situation is the one thing that came up about it. Um, Beal has obviously came out. We've, we've, I'm pleased we waited now because Beal's came out and he said um, he's really talked Trey Hume up and said he hasn't seen it. People have seen the video, and I'm not trying to sway either way here. Like Michael Beal can be a bad manager that we don't rate, but then still be a decent bloke or still be a person that could have made an error. So I'm not going to say like, oh, Beal's horrendous and all this kind of stuff. I'll give my opinion at some point, but I want to ask you, Brad, um, what's your thought process on it um, now that he's came out and give his explanation and you've seen the video? Um, I think he's lied, really, my opinion, because on the video, he's walking in his eye line or to his side of peripheral vision and when Hugh sticks his hand out, he seems to look a little bit further away and maybe even make a motion away from him. But that's my perspective. That's for me seeing it on one camera angle. I guess we'll never know what the exact truth is, but I, I think he's just trying to cover his ass. Um, I think it was I, all wrong. I kind of... I'll take a man on his word, right? Um because I don't think he's a good manager. 
I'm not gonna go into whether he's a good or bad person. I don't know him. Um but he's got a history for it with Rangers. You know, there's Rangers players that have came out, and I know it's not a Rangers pod, but that's the club he's managed for the longest time outside of us. And there's players that have came out and said, look, he, he didn't treat me too well. There's a lot about fashion Sakala. But on the flip side, you know, there's some really good stuff from Todd Cantwell as well about how great he was for him. Um I'll take him, I'll take him on his word in this instance, because okay. Um I'm I'm just going to just in the maybe in the eyes of fairness, if he says he hasn't seen him, he hasn't seen him. But it's really hard to watch the video and think he hasn't seen him because he does take a step away. So I can understand your viewpoint. But Dave, I don't you know what? I don't even want to talk about like this kind of stuff. But we kind of have to as a talking point. Um what's your thought process on the Trey Hume? Michael Beale, did he turn his back? Did he not see him? Does he care? Does Trey Hume care? Do they care too much? Like what what what's your thoughts? I just, there's something about Michael Bale's personality that I just don't trust. And that's been there since the day that he came along, whether that was negative rumours that I'd heard from Rangers fans, I'm not quite sure. But I find, exactly the same as Brad, I find it so hard to believe. And then, I mean, he's called for the substitution. He'll know that someone's walking around the pitch. He definitely takes a step to his right after um, Hume gets there. It's not a good look. And and ultimately, I'd imagine Hume is quite a decent-sized personality within the squad. So if he has done it, if he has done it, them, them murmurs that are going to come from that within the lads, it, it's just a signal of the end. It, it, we always thought he would never fit in here, whether you want to call that personality, whether you want to call it his ability to inspire and manage. And it just it's just a case of when it ends. It's as simple as that. And and people can call me negative and call me brutal. They can say I haven't given him a chance. That's fine. We've said anyone who succeeded here as an extension. I go on about it all the time. People will be sick of hearing it. As much as think of hearing me say listen all the time and I totally appreciate it but it's it's just the truth, it's just the truth he ain't ever going to fit in, he ain't ever going to get it right and unfortunately everything's coming back to ownership and are we actually having a, a good go at it, do we want to do we want to go up yeah it's all very bleak isn't it it's horrible which I think has there'll be people like maybe on the outside listening to this. I don't know, like non Sunderland fans thinking, "Oh, Blumnell only lost two games with three games unbeaten and played well against Plymouth, and they've got the top scorer in the league in Jack Clark." And yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of good stuff that's happening at the club still. Um, but the general feel does kind of come from the stinky Michael Beale moment he was appointed. Um, it, it does kind of come from that and it does feel like he's just not really going to fit. And it's always felt like that and it's not been a case of Sunderland fans not giving him a chance because if he comes in and he wins like 55% of his game, 56% of his game, I think it showed you last week how quickly people can start believing in stuff. But we've seen 12 games now and you, you can kind of see there's not there and we've got worse. Like, 
And we couldn't really afford to get worse than we were under Mowbray because we'd only won two and nine under Mowbray. And I'm not going to be a revisionist about that. Like, but at least there was kind of something you could clasp onto with Mowbray a bit. Um, and I'm not going to be a revisionist. I thought it was the time for him to go. But if you told me there's a time for Tony Mowbray to go to bring in a coach like Michael Beale, I would have said, well, let's just keep Tony Mowbray in charge for the moment. But um, yeah, look, I know there's a lot of it's going to be like this and that. Again, I really hope it turns around and I hope we'll win the next five games and we're all completely wrong. But if anyone wants to look at the fixture list, I'd be really well, surprised yeah, if that is the case. Uh, we're not, are we? Nah, I don't think we oh. will. Um, I want to ask two more questions before going to listeners' questions because the listeners' questions have been really good this week. Honestly, they're just getting better and better. Even the funny ones, like the funny ones are just improving week on week as well. Um, outside of the Trey Hume situation, whether you believe Michael Beale, whether you think it's just an error, whether you think everyone's, you know, talking too much about it, or whether you think um people are not making enough about it. He goes on their Instagram stories to post kind of like an apology. Um we all use social media. I use it far too much and it annoys me, but should our head coach Brad be using social media for like internal club stuff? Our previous owner did it and people loved it at the start. Exactly. Um, but that quickly turned sour. Um, personally. But a, but a manager. Oh, a head coach. No. No. Um, there's ways and means to go about it, I think. His interview with Barnsley, he said he didn't see it. He'll go and speak to Trey. And that's that. it, really. Just yeah, leave, leave it, it at that. Leave it at that. There's just, there's no point. Um, Does he strike you as someone who really gets affected by what is said on social media and that? Because if he's on social media as much as he appears to be, and some of it's like just normal stuff, like his house, his family and that. And, you know, unfortunately for him last week, and again, you know, massive love to what's happened with his family with his niece. Like, I'm not going to, like, that's the most awful thing. Um, And it was really touching last week and, you know, stuff like that to raise awareness of, of what's happening and sometimes can be a real positive. And, but I just think I'm a manager on social media, like talking about results in that, like, and in terms of stuff. For me there, what he's doing is lining himself up to be shot because everyone knows mm-hmm. he's active on social media mm-hmm. and it'll start getting more and more abuse sent via Instagram as opposed to Twitter. Which I don't agree which with, to be fair. Which yeah, is wrong, Which is wrong, wholeheartedly it's wrong. I agree with what you're saying. He can use, um, he's a human being. Use Instagram. Let people know about his family and his nice trip to wherever he went Lovely. on the North Coast and the unfortunate story about Poppy, which really tugged at the heartstrings. And I send my, my best to him and his family for that. Um, but don't do it to, about, your, about your, your profession, especially when you're under the scrutiny that you're under at the moment. No. That just that will add fuel to the fire, and wrongly it, there will be more abu- abuse directed at him because he's active on social media. It happens with players when players put "we go again" or a player texts his media team and says, "Tweet something like we know he's not active." <laughs> <laughs> um, but when players are posting and we know they're active, when it's going well, it's great because everyone like sends them the love. We've all done it. When they say we go again or whatever like that, 
you've seen how toxic it can get, and that's in the public domain. That's just via the comments. When it's on a story and ability to be just message professional, even even t- even if you got it's, it's not none professional. It's, it's not, not professional. It's it's not in in any walk of life. I I wouldn't sit there and tweet about my job about having a stressful day and doing this that the other. Just it's, give your answer to Nick Barnes or whoever needs to yeah, be after the 100%. game, and just leave it at that. Like I'll have time to mull over on it. He'll get asked. He'll get asked to no doubt in his presser on Thursday. Someone will say, "Did you speak to Trey?" What was said comes out. Couple of couple of sentences. Look, we ironed it out. We understand. I understand where what how people seen it. I've looked at it back. Yes, it does look like I've ignored him. But I can tell you, mm-hmm. I haven't. It'll be forgotten about. Yeah, football's like it. A fickle world within four or five days, you know. It but it might... shows this type of scrutiny, Graham, that he's currently <sighs> under again. Is where talk we've spent the last ten minutes of a football podcast. We haven't mentioned the game and how we've thrown it away. We're talking about little bits and pieces, which it's not irrelevant. We don't know if it's true or not, and if he says it isn't, fine. In reality, it doesn't affect the result. I just think. Like if there's one bit of advice I could give to Michael Beale from what I've noticed from his time here, if he wants a, a, a career here and he wants to do a good job here, outside of like sorting stuff out on the, the pitch, shop. Like, I, and I don't mean that in a horrible way. I just think be quiet. He got his post match um, interview last week spot on. The week before, spot on. I started going, ah, you know, he's listened and he's just reverted back to going on social media to discuss internal matters. About something he's obviously seen on social media, just show up, man. You get plenty of opportunities to talk about it. Like, do it then. It's just not really professional. But um, we're going to go into listeners' questions. But before I do, Dave, I want to um, ask a question that I think is really important, and I don't see enough people speaking about it. I don't see no one speaking about it, but I don't see enough. There's tons of heats on Beal. Uh, tons of heats. Tons of heat on Beal. Um, and you know. I think that's um, validated by the results and the performances. But Tony Mowbray was struggling a bit as well. Not in the same way, but he, he was struggling. There was a reason he was sacked, whether you think it's right or wrong. There's a reason for that. I think we'd won two and nine before he got sacked. And he would speak about not having the tools. Beale's got the same tools, he's just doing worse with them. But one person that's kind of completely escaping criticism, well, not completely, no, that's wrong, He's not getting anywhere near enough scrutiny. Is the man that's in charge of recruitment. So I don't want to um, ask what your thoughts are on the recruitment. I'm just going to give each of you a name each and tell me if you think they've been a good signing at this moment in speaking, at uh, moment of talking. Obviously, things can change, of course. Um, so, Dave, I'll give you um, Nectaris, Nectaris Triantis. Um, hit or miss so far? No, you've gone for hit or miss. That's fair enough. We'll have to go miss. Um, the one I always like with with new signings is the old uh, exam results A, B, C, D. I, th- yeah. I think it's just like solidly a D. Like we've seen nothing of him. He's, he's done made, nothing. He's made no impact. He hasn't improved the squad, and he's essentially came in for what like a Bailey Wright or something like that, or a Danny Bar. He, he hasn't improved it. Um, he might exactly. do in the future. At this moment in time, he's him being in the squad means he's weaker than what we had last season. Um, I'll give you the next one, just nice and straightforward and, and simple, Brad. But um, Job, hit or miss for you? <laughs> That's split into two parts of the season. Start, hit, recently a miss. 
but there's, there's factors. He's a young boy mm-hmm. and he should have been managed correctly. Because if he was managed correctly and taken out at the right times when he should have been, he'd have been a hit all season. I'll give you another one, Dave. Nice and short and simple. Luis Semedo, Hamir, if you prefer. Miss. It's a total miss, isn't it? Um, Bradley I likes finishing. <laughs> yeah, well, I pretty much, well, he can't finish. Um, apparently. Um, Brad, uh, I'll give you your namesake, Bradley Dak, hit or miss. <clears throat> can I answer that with silence? Yeah. That's fine by me. Um, Nathan Bishop, Dave. Completely caught me out there while I was on mute and browsing the internet. Um, well, absolute miss, isn't it? Absolute just, miss. Just, it's, he's just done nothing, has he? That's what I mean. It's like, look, I'll stop going through the questions here, but like, let's go to our sign-ins. I'm not going to include the January sign-ins. It's not fair to do that. It's only February. But Triantis hasn't improved the squad and he's gone out on loan to play at Hibs to get some experience. So in reality, he's added nothing to the squad this season apart from that one performance where he scored and was probably at fault for a goal. I personally think Bellingham's been a hit. Um, I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to be an exceptional footballer and I think he's done really, really well. He does need, in my opinion, managing a little bit better. Um, Hamir, nah, I don't see anything. I'm sorry, I just don't. Um, Jensen Sealed, I think should be playing a heck of a lot more. I think I can't say he's a hit, but I've been impressed with what I've seen when he's on the pitch in numerous different positions. Play more now. Ballard's suspended. Yeah, I should have been playing before that, in my opinion. Um, Dak, well, that's more of a Tony Mowbray signing, but miss my end as out on loan, can't get a game at Hibs. Bishop just sits on the bench. Rusin, I'm on the fence with. Pembele, forgot he existed. Aushish, ever since he had that absolute stinker down at um, Ipswich, he's not really been seen. So the recruitment's been awful this season. Like the, There has not been anywhere near enough brought in. And for all the um, the praise they got last season for the circuits that they brought in and the um, Agilises and you know all those good players they brought in, Clark, Roberts, the players that they were um, deserved praise for, this season, you've got a crit- critique that what they brought in has made both managers' job harder, both Mowbray and Beal, because it hasn't been good enough and it's lacking hugely this season and it needs to be better. Um, because next season, we're going to have our best players leaving, most likely, with Jack Clark being the main one. But um, we've got 10 minutes, so we've got a good, a bad, and a hmm. Um, and we've also got listeners' questions, so let's crack straight on. Brad, a uh, good question from Paul. Should the clocks going back or forward be scrapped as like a thing? Should we stop it? Mm, no, because I do like my extra hour in bed on a Sunday what about, morning. What about when you lose the hour though? Well, it was good last time, and I'll tell you mm. for why. But oh, why, why, I've been watching Gavin and Stacey. <laughs> <laughs> tell you for why. I was on night shift that week, mm. and I worked an hour less. And got paid the same. Paid the same. Good point, that. Uh, Dave, yeah. I'll give you a football question. This is, came from uh, Dave, Dave SFC of now Sun Until I Die fame. Um, and Rocky also asked this, and I think a couple other people said the same. Can you say one good thing that Beal has done? Um, what positive mark has Michael Beal left on the club? And that's not to say he hasn't, I'm just saying. If you can name one, what is the positive? 
I I think he, and I've said it publicly recently, I think he's been advised well in terms of his presses, whether it's post-match, midweek, whatever. And he... But is it a positive that he's brought to the club? Because we've had to manage him. So I'm going to stop yeah. you there and say that's not a positive. I want a positive. No, but I'm, I'm clutching a massive straws. I'm, I'm trying to be positive. Not that I have been for the last 25 minutes, but... No, he hasn't. <laughs> I would say I think he's recognised Equa as more of an eight than he'll ever be a defensive midfielder, which is something Mowbray seemingly couldn't see. Um, but dear God, I'm clutching at straws. Um, I'll give you the next one. Brad, we'll go with a football-related question. Uh, this is a long-winded question. It's going to require a longer answer, but let's keep it short as we can. Is this model really going to work? If it goes the way it's supposed to, our most sellable assets will be gone in the summer, i.e. Jack Clark. If Ian Hart has anything to do with it, it'll be gone on the 1st of June. Um, do you trust Speakman to spend that money wisely and be able to coach them correctly into players that will you know, mould our future? <clears throat> There's a, a bit of a funny one, that. Because, yes, I think the model will work. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean you have to stick by it 100%. You can deviate. And if they were willing to do that, then yes, I would trust that the recruitment could be right with the money that's coming in to get a better calibre of player with a little bit more experience. Um, do I trust that Beal will be able to coach them? I'm bloody hoping Beal isn't here to have that chance, mm-hmm. if I'm perfectly honest. Um but it is part of the it, This is where we're starting to test what the model's all about. Because ultimately, it was a five-year plan. Last year, we punched above our weight and accelerated that plan, I think. So there was a lot higher expectation this season, which is, which is fine. It's mad, though. You shouldn't be pulling the plan back, should you? Because you're over-exceeded no, no. early. That's like the best thing. I don't. But it felt like with the signings that they made in the summer, they were trying to pull it back. Yeah, I, I agree. I, and I'm not saying that it's right. But if we solidified for another season and then some of these players started coming through, you maybe just look back and go, oh, it's actually quite good, that. But on the flip side, they now risk losing. I don't think they'll sell them all this summer. Jack Clark will go because that titty's got in charge. As openly yeah. said, he's going to push for a move. Um, he should never be welcome back at the stage of my life. And if I see him now, I will give him my verbal, not physical. <laughs> I will give him a, the, my verbal thoughts on him. He's in his 40s um, and he's got a mohawk. I'm not going to say any more. He's horrible, isn't he? He's just a waste of space. Anyway, um, if we sell Jack Clark, I can't see us selling Neil and Ballard. It might be two of three, two of four. Now, look, if that comes to fruition where we bring through another crop who then is equally or almost as good and we improve, fine, but it's a now a massive risk. This is where the model does get tested. So if we get rid of them, and then we start from scratch again. It's sort. It, he's literally putting his head on the chopping block, and he's waiting to see who's going to drop the axe. Really, isn't he? I'm, I'm putting it out there now. Jack Clark's replacement is already at the football club. Yeah, it's Mundle. That's, yeah, absolutely. That's that is the replacement that we're going. With. Like it, it goes Clark to Mundle. Absolutely nailed on, guaranteed. So then we'll see how that works out. But then we've got the money in the bank, which. 
I mean, I go back to, I think Gareth sums it up well on Wiseman say, we don't pay five, six hundred pounds a season to celebrate balance in the books. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a more than valid point to say that. But there's another way to look at it is you don't want to be in the shit show which other clubs have ended up in. Like there's some clubs, if they don't go up, they're knackered. So there's a fine way of doing it. But it's only time will tell. We, we're not, we can't predict how it's going to end up. We can just hope and pray that it will go right. But long answer is no, I don't trust Bale to manage whoever comes in. I don't trust any part of it. Um, but I've made my I've made my thoughts clear and I'll probably get shouted out on just, Twitter at some just point. A quick one. The interesting part, going back to Mundle, like I think the coops of getting Roberts and Clark to come and play League One football was outstanding, by the way. And I think that's the draw of the football club. Um, you know, they've got a chance to reignite the career but on a really big platform. And I think that's fantastic. Mundell, we get him from standard Liège and he comes into League One. Do we have an uh, asset the same as what we've got with Clark? Well, I think that's going to be difficult because we've got the best player in the championship for what I think. And I think it's embarrassing that we're feeling like this with a player of his quality, but yeah, it's not Clark's fault. Um going to do the good, the bad, and the hmm, but really quickly, Dave, before I let you go, it's another really good one from Paul. We'll end on a silly one. Can you remember the tallest man that you've ever seen? Mine would be um, NBA player Victor Wembanyama, just under 7.5. Oh, I, I, genuinely, I genuinely wouldn't have a clue, to be honest. So, no, I can't give you one, but Brad might be able to. Mine's Wembanyama. Um, but let's go and do the good, the bad, and the hmm. Good question. I thought it was loads of really good, funny ones that I really wanted to do, but you know, here we are. Um, right, my good is Jack Clark enjoying whilst he's here because he deserves better than what he's getting here at the moment in terms of the way the team's performing, the man that's coaching him, and the way the, the club feels at the moment. And he deserves a better agent. Uh, Brad, what's your good? Stole it from me, really. Um, Jack Clark, I mean, I know we said we can't go with the same. No, just go for it. I don't mind. Yeah, it's it's got to be Jack Clark. Not, 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 I'm going to say Luke 9 again. Okay. Dave, is yours, Clark? Yeah, it seems to be, seems to be Clark every week at the minute. Bit boring, yeah. bit mundane, but there we go. My bad is the fact that it looks like Stoke and Plymouth and that little three-game run was full stone. Um, real shame. That sucks. Brad, what's yours? Oh, it's got to be the Trey Hume thing. I know we've spoke about it too much, but I think he's lied and he did see him. So I think that's pathetic. Dave? My uh, bad is definitely Michael Bill telling us that that was a good press for the goal because I'm not having it one little bit. My hmm is, and I need more time to do this, but I'm not, I haven't got it. I have a feeling the board might actually sack Michael Beale, and I think it might happen this week. Brad? Hmm. Tony Mowbray. Should never have got rid of him. Dave? Michael Bale. Hmm. <laughs> Thanks, lads. Bye, everyone. Peace out. Peace out. Peace out. That's the one. <laughs> I've told you before, man. <laughs>